Welcome back to the Funger Games podcast. I'm Liv. And I'm Lacey. And in this week's episode, we'll be discussing chapter 20 of the Hunger Games. So this is getting really exciting because we seem to be getting closer and closer to the end of the book and the beginning, closer to the beginning of Catching Fire, which, as we all know, is my favourite book. But anyway, <laughs> today we are joined by Katie. Hi. <laughs> Which is super exciting. Um, I mean, we're going to all pretend like we're strangers and not talk for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and then like chatted for an hour before everything got started. So yeah. So anyway, how did you get into the Hunger Games, Katie? So I first read the books when I was like nine, um, like back in elementary school. Um, like I was super like huge reader and like I was running out of books to read and like this was back before the movies had been, like, even announced that they were happening, like, so I'm, like, super old. Um, but, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I had read all the books, and I was, like, at a higher reading level than, like, the, like, the fourth grade section or whatever, and my librarian was just, like, here, read these, and, like, I was, like, okay, sure, why not? Like, I didn't even know what they were about, and I was just, like, okay, cool, and I, like, took the first one home that night and I was like oh my god this is so good and like I literally could not put it down and I finished I went back to school the next day and got the other two books from the library and finished all of them like in like two days like all of them I I did not sleep (laughs) (laughs) and then like (laughs) and then like I I went to like the midnight premiere of each of the movies like as they were coming out so like Super, super cool flex. Honestly, um, yes. I, I begged my yeah. mom to take me to them. I begged her, but she was like, no. <laughs> no. I, my... So I had to, yeah, I had to beg my dad to take me to the first one. And because I was like 10 or whatever. And um, it was on a school night. And I was like, please, 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 please. And finally he said yes. And then after that, I was like, well, now it's tradition. So now we have to go every year. And so oh. we did. <laughs> I wish I'd thought of that. Like, that. but the problem is, is I could. My mum would have had. So the nearest cinema to us is about forty-five minute drive away. So she would have had to drive forty-five minutes to take me to a film, which probably would have finished at like two o'clock in the morning. Drive forty-five minutes back <laughs> and then go to work the next day. Yeah, yeah. Not ours, <laughs> ours is thirty minutes away, and so yeah. Honestly, I mean, you it got cool dad. It got done at like two thirty in the morning. And I was like, this is so cool. And I I just got up and went to school the next day. Like, and I did it every year. And I actually, fun fact about me, I actually saw Catching Fire in the movie theater three times within 48 hours of it oh coming my out. Gosh. <laughs> With three different people. <laughs> Honestly, me. Because, like, that was, like, the thing I was, like, known for, like, when we were, like, younger was, like, being a super big fan. And, like, so, so I. I went... I was like I that went, weird yeah. big fan, like, yes, oh my goodness, same. she likes the Hunger Games a little bit too much. <laughs> yes, I was the same way. And so, like, and now look at me now. I went to the, yeah, I went to the midnight <laughs> one with my dad, and then I went um, the next day with a friend after school, and then I went like early in the morning the next day with my cousin to go see it because she wanted to go see it. And so, like, literally three times, like, within 48 hours of the movie coming out, I had seen it. And, like, 
of all the movies to do that, Catching Fire is definitely the one. It honestly is. It is yeah, good. absolutely. It is God tier. Is that your favorite <laughs> book as well, then? Yeah. I feel oh, like it's yeah. most people's favorite <laughs> books. It's, it's just a very so good, good one. It is. It's so good. It's like action from the beginning all the way through. Mm-hmm. We get like a huge insight into the whole, you know. Yeah. What's it called? Plus, like Finnick, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Y'all, y'all are crazy. <laughs> no, I love how it's like such a transition between like the end of the first book and the beginning of Mockingjay. Like, it's like two completely different pen and it's so cool oh my goodness yes yes absolutely i agree panem falls yeah r.i.p mm-hmm. <laughs> <Spoiler alert. Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> you really gotta stop that <laughs> no i'm so bad for the spoiler alerts in this book so anyway oh yeah honestly that is like the biggest flex to like have been in the hunger games for such a long time i mean i know you i mean i've i've been i started reading the books when i was probably about 12 13 but to start reading them at nine oh yeah i've been in this fandom over a decade (laughs) like well back when i was reading it like the back when i was that young and reading it i was like oh romance like this is so cool (laughs) just ignoring the death that's going on around you oh they're really cute together oh my goodness how cute they're fighting for each other And then, like, when we were in, like, seventh grade, like, middle school, we actually read The Hunger Games, like, just the first book as a class and, like, did assignments and stuff on them. And I was just like, I got this. Like, I don't even have to read the chapter we're on. I got this. (laughs) Honestly, I wish. I wish. Maybe I would have been better in English. (laughs) Like, I am an encyclopedia. Like, I've read the books literally so many times. Like... I mean, people DM me with questions all the time, and, like, I'm, like, I can just answer them like that. Like, I don't have to, like, look it up in the book or anything. Like, it's it's kind of like a running joke at this point. Like, you could just literally ask me any question about the Hunger Games, and I probably know the answer. You got this. <laughs> See, I'm that way with Madge. I'm literally, <laughs> oh, like... <laughs> I love Madge. I'm not as... She's... I have words about that. <laughs> I have lots of words. I love her. Yes. Oh, um, we'll be here all day. Every time I'm listening to you, starts going about Madge. I know. Every time I listen to you talk about Madge on the Hunger Game, uh, like on the podcast, I'm like, yes, I love Madge. Justice for Madge. <laughs> yes. yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> and now I'm and now I'm gonna get invited back, aren't I? <laughs> for sure. And Lacey will be like, I, I was like, I need Katie on this episode because she needs to back me up about Everlock. And now Lacey's going to be like, I need Katie on this episode because I need backup about Madge. You keep telling me well, she's stupid. I will definitely give it's backup true. about Everlock too, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, mean, I need it. I need it. I feel A like Lacey like, has 10. become less skeptic. Less skeptic. You- you gave them a 7 out of 10 on the episode. I did. Like, well, like me? Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure you did while ranking. I, I don't know. Somebody said I, 7 out of 10, and I was like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I feel like it can't have been me. Surely not. I feel like it may have been me. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I'm I, pretty sure. Surely not. I just listened to it the other day. I, and I was like, I'll have to re-listen to it. 
I'm gonna. Have I, to it's check so that funny one. because I listen to you guys like while I'm at work and stuff, and I, I like in my head am like responding to the things you guys are saying. Like it's a conversation, <laughs> so it's so funny to actually have, yes. be able to be here. And it's like I can make an entire episode with you guys just on my thoughts on all your other episodes. <laughs> oh my gosh, let's do it. Bet. <laughs> I think it's like, to just, you know, chat I was like, games. 7 out of 10? What? <laughs> <laughs> I could just see, like, us, like, making an episode live, and Katie's, like, the... You're, like, the president of the, the Funger Games podcast fan group. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just hosting it. Like, I've not even... I've that not, would be so funny. I we should go live. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say... We should I've, go live on Instagram sometime. Oh my that goodness, yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm down. Oh my goodness. I'm down. I'm down, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, yes. honestly, yeah. So, um, um, in case but, you guys didn't know, Liv, Katie, and I are BFFs now. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> honestly, yeah. I this mean, is awesome. I'm down. Um, but, like, <laughs> I've just tried to look back on our ships episode to see whether I wrote down what I was going to give them out of 10 in the episode but I haven't so you know just a let down there so I'll find out and I will let everyone know that I did not <laughs> rank them 7 out of 10 because I don't think that could possibly have been me I'm pretty sure you did because I was like it's her favorite ship why is she ranking 7 out of 10 I mean I can see Ever, the flaws like, I can see... the ship but like oh yeah but like I'm like at least an 8 come on <laughs> <laughs> honestly oh, let's yeah. see <laughs> okay, yeah anyway. i'm pretty sure <laughs> i can't believe i gave uh, him a seven out of ten if i did i don't know what my problem was that day <laughs> I don't even know oh we didn't yeah we didn't write down we didn't even write it down we just like we like gave our arguments and then ranked them yeah we because i don't even remember what i did for I don't even remember what we did, what I, what I did for Gadge. So I have a feeling you didn't <laughs> that high because I was like, you can't do that. Because I was. <laughs> I feel like I gave them a seven or an eight though. <laughs> so anyway, shall we go into chapter twenty of the Hunger Games? Actually, technically we chapter shall. nineteen because I've got a recap. <laughs> go, go for it. Okay. <laughs> so in last week's episode we discussed uh Katniss attempting to find PETA after the rule change and we even like discussed what would happen if Clove and Kata became the final two so that was kind of an interesting conversation Katniss finds PETA and we have kind of like a little spiel about that and how we talk about his genius decorating and she takes care of PETA and they even use that star-crossed lovers dynamic uh, to kind of help PETA get back to health, plus, like, give her better chances. Or better odds. <laughs> yeah, so um, then in this chapter, we see Katniss trying to, like, care for PETA, building on that sort of, like, star-crossed lover dynamics, and the fact that the illness 
before her maybe too big might be too much for her because like he's really suffering bless him um so as peter falls asleep <laughs> falls asleep that night canis finds herself wanting to return to a tree for safety however those days are long behind her as peter and her continue their star-crossed lovers routine Although it is necessary, Katniss, it leaves Katniss much more vulnerable. She does her best to stand guard that night, but she's so cold, eventually she returns to share the body with Peter. Unfortunately, Peter is burning with fever. The next morning, Katniss discovers that his wound has swelled and led to blood poisoning. Um, Katniss reveals that Peter will die soon without powerful medication, though at this point in the game, such medication would cost her sponsors a fortune. I feel like this is building like the need for the feast. It's like starting yeah. to like be like he needs this medicine, um, yeah, and there's like no way around it. Yeah, so this is the point in the book when overnight there are no casualties, so it may start to get a little boring for capital residents because um, some people may watch a program, and if nothing happens, then you tend to switch it off because you kind of want to get drawn in. And <laughs> do we think this happens at every game? Like a kind of sense of dullness and the capital citizens are just kind of like meh. And if so, do we think that that begins at a certain point every year? Like maybe there's like six people left. So, and everyone's kind of s s spread out or does it, is it a year by year basis? Do y'all think? Um, I don't know. I feel like at some point every year there's going to be sort of like a dulling spot. Um, like it's going to, it's sort of inevitable. Because um, at the beginning, when there's lots of people within the arena, they're going to be bumping into each other all the time. It's going to be sort of hard to avoid people. But when it gets towards the point of the sort of final three, you start to start to spread out. People start to realize that the people who they're now against are better at competing than the people who were there at the very beginning like at the beginning people could be quite easily picked off but now these people who are remaining at least have some sort of strength um to deter people from hunting them yeah and like i i kind of wonder like from a game maker's perspective what like what does it mean by dull like sometimes like if there's no casualties is that dull or is it like if there if nothing happens because like even though there were no casualties, you know, Katniss and Peter reunited and we find out later, like when they're um, back in the Capitol, like watching the recap, you know, like Peter was like saying her name in his sleep while he's like delirious with a fever, which like okay. my heart. Yeah, no, my like, heart as well. <laughs> and like, she's like nursing him back to health and, you know, like, so even though there's not, like, as much action, um, they're kind of giving them, like, the romance side. So I'm like, would they just leave them alone and let them do their thing? Or, like, are, is that not enough action? Is it not interesting enough? Because, like, based on the way the Capitol people responded to their star-crossed lovers, I'm like, I would be totally satisfied if that's all that was happening. <laughs> oh, my goodness, me too. But then at the same time, like... Even their Star-Crossed Lovers Act is kind of... It's not its not like full-on passion at the moment, is it? Because oh, Peter's right, got a, a bit of a sore leg. Um, <laughs> yeah. <so laughs> Just a little. Yeah, he's, he's struggling a little bit. So he can't... I mean, <laughs> even in this position, like, 
I guess that would kind of be to some extent kind of dull because like even though they have found each other that like finding each other and then like him her helping him with certain things that lasts for like maybe like an hour and after that point it's like oh right okay well we're still in the same position he's not any better she's still looking Mm -hmm. after him and we're still in this cave wow (laughs) yeah 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 I think if it's just something that'll keep the capital citizens like entertained throwing money into the pools like you know just it's making money it's keeping the capital happy it's keeping president snow happy then i think that's kind of good but then yeah again those star-crossed lovers like just the little kisses and the little mm-hmm. little cute moments in the cave that's gonna get dull after a while so so with that being said, what makes the game makers decide that they need to kind of spice things up? A lack of action or death, or just when it slows down and everyone's starting to get restless? Yeah, I think it's just when you kind of hit like a stalemate and everything is just like, you know, everybody's spread out, everybody's kind of comfortable, like people are starting to feel safe. Like, I think that's when they start. Because, like, we see earlier in the book, when Katniss has finally found water, finally found, like, a place where she's, like, feeling a little bit safer and can, like, rest, boom, wall of fire. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, literally right then. And so that's what I'm thinking. Like, right when it seems like tributes are getting too comfortable with where they're at and they're like, oh, they're just kind of chilling in the woods and forgot what's going on. Like, Bam. Yeah, yeah, one thousand percent. I think I totally agree with you on that point. I think it's the the like feeling of safety um, aspect of it. I think once a tribute begin, begins to become a bit complacent within the games, that's when things start to like begin to sort of settle down. Because mm-hmm. when they're feeling complacent, they're like, "Oh, I'll just stick around here for a bit. I don't need to like yeah. go anywhere." Then yeah. your tributes aren't going to be like bumping into each other, and then they're not going to be. Yeah, they're not going to... Killing each other. Yeah, they're not going <laughs> to kill each other, and that's what we're all here yeah. for. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's what I come here for, is the murder. Okay, so, <laughs> I mean, the next question I've written down, I have an amazing idea. Um, so, it was, if you were the game maker, what would you do to spice up the action a little bit? A-box games. A-box games would spice it up, but no, I have a new plan. So, they create oh, a no. sort of mutt, like, um, like, like, you know, like a centaur, right? But mm-hmm. the centaurs look like their family, and they've got to kill the centaurs to try and get away. And the centaurs won't listen to reasoning, but they think that it's their family, so they're, like, trying to go and run to them, and, like... Like, be like, oh my goodness, it's my mum or whatever. But the centaurs are deadly. And they want to kill them. So yeah, that's my idea. What does everyone think? <laughs> no comment. I think Lacey and I are both just, like, absorbing that. Yeah. Well, I just thought it was like, a good I, idea. I, like, like, you're going to let your guard around, down around these, like, centaur family members. So... Then they're deadly and they're gonna kill you. Yeah. I mean, I, like I think I personally, think... <laughs> I, I would use the same logic that they used with the Jabberjays and catching fire of like, 
there's no way they're actually gonna bring them in. Like, there's no way. Like, so I'd be like, it's not them, whatever. I mean, it would still, like, mess with my brain. It would still be, like, exactly. hard to... And all I need yeah. is you to pause for just one second. Deadly centaur. <laughs> and Peter's not getting away from a deadly centaur. Let's face it. He is stuck well, in, the in the cave. In the movie, he because it was not that bad of an entry in the movie. I just want to point that out. <laughs> true, true. But in the book, Peter's dead. Oh, yeah. Peter's in the book... Dead. Peter was dead. I mean, Peter's probably hiding, so they have no idea. I feel like I feel like centaurs. I'd give them an, like a, a good sense of smell. Well, that not only that, it, but um, the capitals got cameras everywhere, so they could probably like <laughs> well, yeah. put the centaurs in the right spot. <laughs> I can't even believe that Lacey's like acknowledged my idea and then built on it. Like usually she just sits there going, "No, no," but no, I can't can believe I just points. did that either. <laughs> Guys, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, so that's my idea. What has everyone else got? <laughs> spice to spice it. things I up. I don't know. But I do have um, my, my trusty Pan Am companion <laughs> as a true fan. <laughs> As a true fan of the yeah. show, I felt like there's no way I could come on here and not have it and find something in it. Um, it's true. Everyone so it's not... gets so excited. Yeah. I know. I'm so excited. I So it's not my idea on how to spice up the games, but it kind of relates to your question. So I'm thinking about it from a perspective of, okay, so like... We've had 25 years since a quarter quell. Like, we're having a new quarter quell. How do we spice things up? Because we've had, you know, they had the Starcross lovers and all that stuff the year before, which was pretty interesting. But, like, then they're like, dude, what if we do an all-star season of the Hunger Games? <gasps> like, that's, that's what it, like... That is that's basically what, it. <laughs> that's what the quarter quell is. Like... And it talks about it in the Panem Companion, like, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase, but it's like, it gives, so it says, the reality television narrative only gains traction in Catching Fire when the quarter quell gives the capital citizens the Hunger Games All-Star Edition. Like, we've been waiting, or not we, they have been waiting, you know, almost a whole century for this to happen, and now all of their favorites are coming back. And so, like, it also, um kind of compares it to like the TV show Survivor, which is one of my absolute favorite TV shows ever. Um I've never seen and, Survivor. Like, oh my gosh, it's so good. I don't think um, they have it in the UK. Send me a message if you want to if you ever want to start it and I'll tell you what seasons to watch. <laughs> but um like <laughs> the seasons where they bring back old players who never won, like um is really are really good. But their newest season Season 40, which ended right, like, 40? as the pandemic was happening. Season yeah. 40? <laughs> yeah. they, do two, they do two a year. They do two a year. Okay. So season 40 was called Winners at War. So they brought back 20 people Ooh. who had won. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the quarter quell. It's 20 people who have won this game before, all playing. And some of them have lost before and came back and won 
like all stars seasons. Oh right, yeah. But yeah. like some of these people have never lost. And well, I was like I mean quarter quell. I mean they can't really bring back people who lost the Hunger Games. So well, I'm, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I get why you're going with that one. All star shows are like really fun. Like I'm a huge fan yes. of Hell's Kitchen and a couple yes. of seasons they did uh they did like one season they did veterans versus rookies and that was interesting yes that was such a good season but oh this season hell kitchens hell's kitchen spoilers ahead when michelle won i was so excited i know i know that was so good i was so excited oh my are you watching the new season no, I haven't watched it in a while. I, like, wait for it to, like, build up because I like to just watch them, like, binge them. Oh, I've had so much fun watching it week by week. It, this new season is so good. Oh, my gosh. Anyway. Don't mind me and Lacey just <laughs> anyway. literally nerding out about every single TV show that we watch. Yeah, I'm afraid I have nothing to add to this conversation because all I watch is, like, reruns of 2013 British programs that really should never have been put on TV. Like, things like Super Size versus Super Skinny, where they put a really fat person up against a really skinny person and then make them eat their, each other's diet. It's really horrible, but it's quite oh, fun to watch. No. You know. <laughs> Last night... Last night I was hanging out with some people from my church and we were reminiscing about old shows and somebody had mentioned Booba and we were like on YouTube watching clips of Booba. We were like, what is that? What? Once again, can't relate, I'm afraid. Yes, yeah, It's kind here. of, it's, it's like Teletubbies, but not. Oh, see, I know Teletubbies. <laughs> <laughs> I know Teletubbies as well, but I don't know whatever... Boombox? Yeah. yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't. I mean, to be fair, I never watched it. We just were reminiscing, like we were like naming all these shows and all that. Anyway, let's talk about one of the many symptoms of COVID nineteen: the fever. Oh, Lacey! <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh no! It's okay. <laughs> I actually, I actually put that in my notes, like. That it was, you know, about like it was a symptom of COVID. So like people oh are probably goodness. like you much guys, more familiar. You guys, we're the worst. We're the I worst. Didn't even you can put edit that two out. And two together. No, it's fine. <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together. And unfortunately, it's my section, so I now have to be the cruel person, which Lacey says I already am. So you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I listen to the symptoms get listed every day, so that's the only reason I know. <laughs> Okay, so Peter's fever is still raging, and cat. Um, Lacey's water bottle distracted me. Then, so <laughs> Peter's fever is still raging on. Katniss considers whether she should leave him in the sleeping bag and try and break the fever with heat, or to try or to take him out to try and break the fever with the cold of night. So obviously, I know that with an infection you can get pretty ill, but I didn't realize like how badly ill you could get. Like I just thought that, I mean. To be fair, I should have known because I've been put in hospital with an infection before. But anyway, I didn't put two and two together. So anyway, how long can you go with last without a fever being treated? So if you leave the fever too long, you can get febrile convulsions, um, which are basically seizures, but like just because the fever is carrying on so long. Um, so apparently a fever itself can't actually kill you, but the infection would and fevers usually go away with between one to three days. Um 
natural ways to break fever include staying hydrated, rest, resting up, drinking herbal teas, um, elderflower and catnip have great options. How weird. Um, so boost your vitamin C with rose hips, which can do this naturally. Epsom salt bath water. Um, but I'm not sure you could do that in the arena. Um, take some apple cider vinegar. Uh, sweat the fever out with lavender, thyme and sage oils, chicken soup and put wet socks on your feet, which they could do. So, you know, some good options there for Katniss, if she listens yeah. to the podcast, which she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Katniss, why aren't you listening to the Funger Games? Exactly. <laughs> then she I've would actually know everything. Ha- yeah, I've actually had a fever once that, like, I can actually remember. Obviously, I've had them, like, when I was younger. But, like... It was, like, the most dreadful thing I have ever experienced in my whole life. Like, you're, like, always freezing cold, but, like, you're sweating. Like, you're drenched in sweat. And, like, you can't, like, cool down, but, like, you're freezing cold. And it's just, like, ah. But, like, I also had really, like, bizarre dreams. Like, just weird. Like, like the term fever dream. But it was, like... I've never experienced it until then. And I was, like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's, like what I imagine being on drugs is like, like, it's so crazy. Cause like, you also think it's real and like, sometimes it is real and you're just like, still like processing what, while you're awake. And it's just like, it is the weirdest thing ever. Like definitely do not recommend. <laughs> Thanks Katie. I will take that advice. I had a really bad fever once. I had a fever of 41 degrees Celsius, which is 105.8 Fahrenheit. Oh, yikes, that is bad. Yeah, Yeah. so I had a really, really bad fever and I ended up getting taken, like, rushed into hospital via an ambulance because I got, like, tonsillitis and it just got worse. Um, Oh, my goodness. And, yeah, no, it's not not enjoyable. It's really not enjoyable. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... I, I I remember like being in my hospital bed and just like tossing and turning my mum being like it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right and then the ambulance lady came to me and she's like if you have a fever or convulsion don't worry you're not gonna die and I was like shouldn't someone be stopping this like shouldn't I like shouldn't I be not in this position but like no one was listening to me and my fever just kept getting worse and worse and worse and in the end because my, I had such a bad fever all my veins like shrunk up um, and Oof. they could then not get a, like a cannula in to give me fluids to try and break my fever. It was just, yeah, not a great day. Not a great day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so I, like, yeah, it's such a weird feeling because you're like, you're not entirely sure when you're awake if it's like real or not. Like you're, And like, I had it while I was at school. And like, Ooh. so like, I was like taking naps. It like on, I took a nap during lunch. I like took quick little naps like wherever I could like just like laying my head down on my desk and I was just like I had to I had to get through the day and then I could go home and it was like the weekend and so I could just like go to sleep but like it was just miserable like honestly it is I such mean. a it is such a horrible feeling and it, I swear with mine I I felt ill um and I like knew I had tonsillitis but I'd never had tonsillitis because I used to get it like once every two years uh, no, like twice a year, sorry. Um, and I knew it was translitis, but it got to the point where I couldn't swallow anything. And I was like, this is not good. But my mum was like, you need to go back to university, Olivia. And I was like, I know I need to go back to university, mum, but I don't feel well. 
I don't feel well, so don't send me back to university. Um, and yeah, I just ended up sleeping in my room, and I didn't like my flatmates didn't even know that I was home. Um, and I I just kept waking up and going back to sleep, and then I was like, I need to go somewhere. I need to go see a doctor because I am really not well. But like to try and like the effort to try and get out of my bed and get dressed was just like unbelievable. Um, and I ended up calling this taxi driver, and I was like, I think I've got tonsillitis. When he was like asking me if I was all right. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, my brother had tonsillitis. And then they took his tonsils out. And then he was, like, coughing up blood clots. And I was like, really don't want to hear this right now. Really don't want to hear it. Like, this is not yeah. the moment. Not a good time. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember. I don't, I remember the last fever I had. I was in the rain and the cold too long, so I started running a fever. I don't remember much from it, but I do remember when my fever broke and I just felt miserable. <laughs> Other than that, I really don't. Yeah. My my mom's a nurse, and my dad is pretty... He's like, you're fine. Uh, so I don't get sick, ever, because I'm pretty sure I have an immune system of steel. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's move on to sleep, which helps with a fever. So you do that if you've got a fever. If you happen to be listening to, listening <laughs> yeah. to this with a fever, go to sleep. Yes, <laughs> sleep. I, I'll, go, I'm, I'll go to sleep. Uh, Katniss cannot, for obvious reason, Katniss, for obvious reasons, did not sleep that night, in the night, so Peter told her, so Peter told her to sleep, as she can't live without sleep forever, which is actually true, it can kill you, Mm -hmm. but how long can you actually last without sleep, and let's pull this up, I'll tell you. Well, I know after, like, 72 hours, you start, like, hardcore hallucinating, like, yeah, I've you never start hallucinating. It. I've never done it, but I've not stayed awake yeah, um, more than about twelve so... hours in about ten years, so I can't. Do <laughs> I well, I used to work nights, and I think the last time I worked an overnight, a sixteen-hour shift, which was from eleven p.m. to three p.m. the next day, uh, I think I stayed up for about twenty-six hours. And it just messes with your sleep schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, when I was in high school, I took an anatomy class and we were talking about the nervous system and like the brain. And we were talking about what happens if you go too long without sleep. It can actually kill you if you go too long without sleep. Uh, one of Somebody I worked with, he said he stayed up too long and actually was in the hospital with seizures because he stayed up too long. So... Not getting enough sleep over a short period, such as a week, may cause anxiety, unstable mood, drowsiness, forgetfulness, difficulty concentrating or staying alert, cognitive impairments, decreased performance at work or school. And in long term, it can can give high blood pressure, heart disease, stroke, obesity, type 2 diabetes, and mental illness. So, um, yeah. You really don't want to do so that. So, <laughs> we're, I would say we're all adults here, so mm-hmm. they recommend we get about seven to nine hours of sleep. No, thanks. Uh, I'll have about day. 12. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I get anything so, less than eight hours, I'm just not a nice person to be around. So, I am the same way. Mm, I, well, I used to work nights, so. I honestly, as long as I sleep, I'm good. 
Honestly, as long as I sleep, I like I go on my Facebook and I'm like, it says that you're active, and I'm like, what is she doing awake at this time? And I'm like, it's like ten <laughs> o'clock here, and I've just woken up, and I see that Lacey's awake, and I know that she's like five hours behind. <laughs> so I'm like, whoa, that girl needs some help. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> yeah, like if I were in the arena, like I would not, like I would have to literally climb up to the top of a tree. And strap myself in mm-hmm. so I don't like fall, so like nobody could see me. It's like I don't yeah. trust anybody to watch over me while I sleep. Like not when there's only one victor. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Like yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we see that with Katniss in Catching Fire, don't we? When Phoenix like, yeah, I'm, I I'll you I'll take first watch, and she's like, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll watch with you. And then he's like, right, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. if you're not gonna sleep, I'm gonna sleep. So see you later. Yeah. The Bless only people <laughs> right. I trust to watch over me. Are, are Peter and Finnick. That's it. Oh, yes. I would I would accept yeah. Peter and Finnick watching over me any day of the week. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, get your sleep, guys. Um, it, like, if you're, bleh, pulling an all-nighter once every couple months or so likely won't do any long-term damage, but if they're happening more often, like, they're like, talk to your doctor, according to Healthline. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Great. Right. Um, so- yeah, like when I, Go on. the hardest thing about working nights was uh, you have to funk, you work night, but everything's open during the day. So if you're off, you, if it's an off day, you have to like break, you have to get back into the groove of a day shift, of a day life, which is probably one of the hardest things is switching back and forth. Honestly, my my job, which I'm starting next January, I have to work nights like three days a week and then days like two days of the week. And like, how am I supposed to go from like nights to days? Like surely one night I'm not going to get enough sleep. Like I'm stressed about (laughs) that. I'm stressed about that. But it's okay. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll figure it out when I get there. You'll be fine. Anyway. Let me tell you. I Go on. Sorry. (laughs) Fans. I cannot sleep without a fan now because when I worked nights... I would use a fan as white noise when I slept during the day. And now I can't sleep without it. Oh, that's cute. I just thought you were weird. I thought that's oh why gosh. you slept with a fan. Also, also I hate rec- when I, the one thing I hate about rec- is that I have to have my fan off. True. That's the one thing I hate. Um, yeah, it so makes me on sad. To, moving on to more serious yeah. things. Blood poisoning. <laughs> um, yeah. So kind of treats Peter's minor wounds and then goes to his leg. And we now read from the book because apparently I'm lazy. Well done me who did this previous chapter. <laughs> anyway, obviously didn't do a very good job. <laughs> um, my heart drops into my stomach. It's much worse. It's worse. Much worse. There's more, no more pus in the evidence, but the swelling has increased and the tight, shiny skin is inflamed. Then I see the red streaks start to crawl up his leg. Blood poisoning. Unchecked, it will kill him for sure. I chewed up leaves and ointment. My chewed up leaves and leaves and ointment won't make a dent in it. We'll need a strong anti-infection drugs from the capital. I can't imagine the cost of such potent medicine. If Hamish pulled every donation from every sponsor, would he have enough? I doubt it. Gifts go up in price the longer the games continue. What buys one full meal on day one buys a cracker on day twelve, and the kind of medicine Peter needs would have been a premium from the beginning. So anyway, re- reverting back to when I had that tonsillitis that one time and got taken into hospital, I ultimately end up developing this, which is like a type of blood poisoning. Um, and yeah, that wasn't fun. 
So, yeah, don't do that. Um, and apparently, I don't remember this, but I must have asked my mum, I had blood poisoning when I was a child because I got an infected cut from falling on a tree branch. That sounds nice. Don't remember that, but, you know, Oof. there we go. Yeah. So why do we think, like, the prices go up so high as the games go on? Like, is it because they're, that's when there's more severe injuries? Like, there's less tributes, so, like, the more help you get, the better your chances of winning are? Like... I think it's something to do with the, the, like, the fact that there's more tributes. Because, obviously, if at the beginning of the games, you've got lots of different sponsors giving lots of different tributes money. But towards the end of the games, you've only, say, got a handful of tributes, and maybe the same amount of sponsors are still betting on the games and they're still wanting people to win. So they're ultimately the tributes are going to get more money as the games go on. At least that's what my yeah. thinking is. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I agree with Liv. Um, so Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know. So this is actually really fascinating for me because... Uh, I work in a lab and I draw blood. So I actually get to I get to watch like some sometimes I get to watch test get run, but most of the time I have a hand in making sure that the lab work gets done so they can run the tests, which um one of the big things is a blood culture where we put where we draw the blood and then we put it into like this glass bottle. <laughs> I hate and, needles. I hate it. I hate yeah, it so much. You hate needles? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I so, could never work in a hospital. And <laughs> I, you know, never thought I could either, but now it's like I'm. I watch Grey's I'm Anatomy. Looking and that's to about work in that's about my limit. <laughs> Honestly, me too. <laughs> it's I, not the same. My it's grandparents same. are obsessed <laughs> with like these medical programs. And I just, I can't. Like, if they put it on, I'm like, I'm sorry, I have to go upstairs. I'll see you later. Like, I, the needles, the, like, just the thought of an, oh, a needle. Mm, no, thank yep. you. Mm. Nope, nope, nope. No, thanks. Oh, I'm going to need to find better friends to talk about this stuff with. Oh, no. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> um, but, so, with a blood culture, they're trying to see if there's, like, a barrier in your bloodstream. So... It's very, honestly, it's very, we hate drawing them because it takes so much time. You have to be really particular about, like, the cleaning process and the the whole process. What I explain it to everyone all the time, I'm like, this is what we're doing. We want to give you antibiotics. Woo, science. I don't really know what <laughs> happened there, so I'm just yeah. going to pretend that I did. I don't either. I don't either. Go, it's yeah, fine. Okay. okay, so I have a hypothetical situation. <laughs> Okay. So, like, Hit say Haymitch was able to come up with the amount of sponsors to send the medicine to help PETA. Like, do you guys think he would do it? Like, if he knew the feast was coming up, or if he didn't, like, do you think he would do it? Or do you think he would, like, be like, hmm, let's see if Katniss will go to the feast and risk her life for PETA, um, like, and play into the star-crossed lover's role? Because, like, if you think about it, like, in ch- like later in the book in like chapter 22 I think he sends them a whole meal like he sends them a feast from the capital which like surely had to have been a lot of money yeah like obviously not as much as life-saving medicine but like obviously they still have a lot of sponsors like 
Yeah, I think, think I think they had enough sponsors, but I think Hitch yeah. is very well connected with the game makers. We see it with like Plutarch Evansby. He it's like best friends with the head oh, games yeah. maker. Mm. So I think that That's true. I think that he knew the feast was coming up. I think he's got inside information, gotcha. and yeah. I just think he would be like, Candice can get through this feast. She can go and do it. Yeah, she doesn't need this. And if if she can't do it, then I'll think about it then. So I think, yeah, yeah, right. And that kind of answered my next question, which was like, why didn't he just send medicine? Like, I from from his perspective, like he this whole book has been withholding things from Katniss because he knew she didn't need it. The whole series like, is withholding things from Katniss because she doesn't <laughs> need to know the information right now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's catching fire. Um, but like he like he didn't give her he didn't send water because he knew she was close to finding it. Like. He, he did send her, like, the burn cream to help her, but, like, this whole time he's been, like, withholding food until she, like, plays into the romance, like, so I'm, like, maybe he did know what was coming and so he didn't send it, like, he sent the sleep syrup to be, like, here you go, you can, you can go to the feast now. See you later. <laughs> like, but, uh, I'm not Good sending luck. you any medicine to help PETA, hopefully you don't die, like, because if you die, PETA dies <laughs> and I just failed at my whole job. Um... Right. Like, but yeah, like with her 11 and seeing her in the games, I think he would think, you know, like she's got a pretty good chance of surviving the feast. And also I think it sort of plays into, you know, the Mockingjay symbol type of thing. Because like, ultimately, I think even at this point, Hamish is thinking she could be our way out of this. She could be the way that we we start to like bring down Pan Am itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think at this point he needs to let her like go out and do these things to show that she's willing to protect those that she loves, to show that she's willing to go against the capital if needs be. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Katniss tells the story of how she got Prima Goat because she doesn't want other people to get other people in trouble by connecting them with her illegal hunting. She says she got the money for the goat by selling her mother's old silver locket. But in reality, she and Gale killed a large buck and sold it at the hob. On Prim's birthday, Katniss went back to the hob to buy dress materials when she saw an old, disabled man selling a goat that had been mauled by a dog. The goat was to be sold by, to the butcher, but the butcher said he, they no longer wanted it. Katniss haggled with the old man. If the goat lived, she was getting a great deal. But if it died, she would have thrown away her money. She ended up taking the goat. Prim fell in love with it immediately, and she and her mother were able to treat its injury and save it. Katniss says the goat... Uh, more than repay the cost of saving it and Peter says that one day he would do the same that is so cute um and so also cute. apparently my thought when looking at this section was I love a goat I just think they're super cute and eat anything like, so they're kind of like me lol I, I would <laughs> never go. want a goat but they're yeah, my, lazy. my notes are a little yeah, bit more extensive yeah, yeah um, <laughs> yeah um I just put I love a goat and then Katie's done paragraphs so oh no three i just think it's such a cute little scene like we get to see a lot of sassy pita and i love sassy pita it's so cute like as katniss is like telling the story she explains like how prim and her mom nursed the the goat back to health and pita like makes a remark about that sounding like her like right now and she's like oh no pita they work magic that thing couldn't have died if it tried and he was like don't worry, I'm not trying. Oh, 
<laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Because she's like, oh my god, what did I just say to Peter, who's like actually dying? I know, bless her. She she does put her foot in her mouth a few times, but like, it reminds me <laughs> of myself. Like, I can never say anything right. If I've got something important to say, I'll be like, um, I'm going to just trip over all my words now and I'm going to make you feel uncomfortable. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, I can see why that made you, like, really happy. And she's like, oh, yeah, I knew that goat would be, like, a little gold mine. And he was like, oh, yes, I was definitely referring to that, not the lasting joy you gave your sister <laughs> that you love so much you <laughs> took her place in the reaping. I'm like, Peter, where yeah. is this coming from? <laughs> I just, I love this moment with Peter because he's like, I know that I'm, like, dying. But at the same time, I've been, like, fancying <laughs> this girl since I was five. And now I get to spend days in a cave with her. I'm going to make the most of it. I don't care if I'm ill. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I just love these little interactions. Like, these are some of my favorite scenes that, like, I would kill to have in the movie. Like, they're so cute. Because it's just, like, genuine conversation between them that doesn't feel forced. Like, yeah. a lot of the interviews and stuff do. And we actually, like, way later in Mockingjay when he's back in District 13 like we actually see him remember this this conversation like when like in a moment of being like lucid and it's like I feel like that's just because it was such a genuine connection and not just for the cameras like they were just talking it was so yeah. cute yeah so cute yeah and yeah so would you want a goat a, a, not a goat a pet in District 12 because I don't know. I think it was to some extent raise morale, but then someone might steal it, um, and then you might also kill it. So you know, perks and also downfalls. Yeah. yeah. But what do you guys yeah, think? I don't know if I would. <laughs> I don't know if I would have a pet in District Twelve. It depends. I mean, I love my cat more than life itself, but it would be hard to take care of a cat. Yeah, Maybe. I think it kind of depends on what my situation would be. Like, am I, like, living in the merchant area of town or am I in the same? Like, I think a goat would be a good pet to have. Like, they're cute and you don't have to, you don't have to kill it to, like, benefit from it. Like, they make milk um, and, like, they're super easy just because they can just eat grass or, like, eat whatever's around. Yeah. But. Um, That's true. It, yeah. I would be worried about somebody stealing it for sure. Yeah, but then I feel like you can't really steal anything in District 12 without it being found out, especially something as large as a goat. Because all, <laughs> yeah. of a sudden, yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I'm producing goat's milk, do you want some? Everyone will be like, wait, 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 didn't the Everdeens just have a goat stolen from them and now you're making yeah. goat milk? <laughs> Um, yeah. so yeah maybe maybe I don't know maybe I didn't yeah. think through my statement of someone might steal it <laughs> do you guys think Buttercup and Lady got along like do you guys think like Buttercup was like jealous of like because Prim was like splitting her attention like I have two dogs and like my the, the dog that we had first is like a baby like he's so like he needs all the attention in the world and then we got a new dog a few <laughs> years later and he hated us for like two months. Like he wouldn't come near us um, because he was like, why did you bring this thing in my house? And now like, now they're like best friends and they're inseparable. And, but she is such like an alpha female dog that like, she was just, she waltzed right in and started playing with his toys, eating out of his bowl, like <laughs> totally like, <laughs> no regard for him and he was just like looking at us like what did you do 
Honestly, my <laughs> and my dog is such like an attention seeker. And today, he, we literally got back from a walk. We'd taken him for a walk. We'd taken him with his ball. He like absolutely enjoyed himself. Then I went to go and hang some washing out, and he brought me a different ball. And I was like, I don't really want this, Trav. Um, and then he, we went and sat in the living room, and he decided to like bounce himself on me and like tuck himself <laughs> underneath my leg. I was like, Can I not like eat my dinner in peace? Is that just like a something that doesn't happen anymore okay whatever not when you have dogs i think buttercup would have been like like my dog he would have been like what are you doing i'm your baby you you love me the most like (laughs) where did where did this goat come from (laughs) yeah 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 but then i also feel like i feel like it could be like that and then like suddenly prim and late sorry but a couple lady suddenly like you know do you see those dogs and those cats who like where they cuddle yeah yes. maybe that's I feel what... like eventually they would definitely get to that point yeah like at first he would be, he would be like my dog like what have you done we you ruined a perfectly good thing here <laughs> like and then and then they're like that really cute yeah. like the cat is lying on top of the goat and sleeping yeah 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 oh, yeah, yeah. That's okay <laughs> that's what in my yeah. head that is what happens <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, um unfortunately the lady was cut from the film, so we don't know whether that happened or not. She was a casualty <laughs> of the editorial room. Um so oh, the feast then is like now a thing. Um I don't know why I said it like that. I apologise. So the sound of trumpets is welcoming to Katniss, but when she hears there is a feast, she kind of dismisses the notion as they're not struggling for food. But Claudius Templesmith says this, this is no ordinary feast, and that and would have something that they all desperately need. It's like almost as if Claudius could like see Katniss's reaction of oh like oh no I don't need that, and then he was like wait wait wait. It's something that you need. It's. I mean, he probably could. He probably could see her. Like, oh yeah, that's I imagine, me, right. You know, <laughs> they were they were probably <laughs> looking at them. Um, so the Hunger Games typically includes feasts each year. So feasts are used to bring the remaining tributes together if the game makers think the game's getting a little bit boring or slow. So often when the food food is scarce in the arena or some tributes need vital equipment, the game makers will invite the players to a banquet at a well-known place such as the Cornucopia to induce another bloodbath. Sometimes there will be a big table of food, while other times nothing is provided but a stale loaf of bread and the tributes have to battle it out out for it. Um, in the 74th Hunger Games, a very special feast is held. Instead of food, the feast contains backpacks for each of individuals who in the feast contains backpacks for each individual district that contains items the corresponding tribute would desperately need. So in the 74th Hunger Games, we know that Katniss and Peter desperately need the medicine to reverse his blood poisoning, so Katniss went to go and get it. Um Thresh we don't actually know why Thresh went to go and get um go to the feast like we know he has a weapon and like his weapon is mainly like his strength um so the contents of thresh's bag is unknown but it's suggested that it's like some sort of water or food um just like because he's i suppose in the field of corn there's probably not a lot of water um so based on Foxface, based on the information released later in the book Foxface needed things for stealth um, it's notable that only two days later she returned to stealing when her tra- when she tracked Peter and stole his nightlock berries only to die from their lethal poisoning, which I have I have points on that, but we'll get to that later. Her bag had a <laughs> pair of night vision go- goggles, light sneakers for sneaking around, a sleep and a sleeping bag, uh, presumably. 
Um, so Cato and Clove, um, I thought it was always going to be, you know, those like, that like, what was it called? That like body armour that Cato had, but nobody actually mm-hmm. knows. Um, I would guess that's what was in his bag because like, they're, they're pretty popular tributes, but I don't know if that would be a sponsor item. Like, no. that's pretty, yeah. that's, that's nearly guaranteeing a win for him, and I don't know if they would allow that. Like, I don't know what the rules on items are. Like, obviously, Finnick got sent to Trident, but, like, body armor that, like, her only weapon can't pierce through, I don't know, that kind of would seem like cheating. Yeah, it seems even a little bit dodgy for, like, the the feast. Um, Yeah, it definitely does, but I I would see it definitely being more possible through a feast. Like, I think that would be just as expensive as Peter's medicine. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the book, it states that the packs of, at the feast were different. In, like, let me start down. <laughs> in the book, it states that the packs at the feast were are different in size and color. So District Two and District 11's packs were large and dark blue. District Five's pack was medium size and green, and the District Twelve pack was small and orange. Um, whereas in the films, all the packs are the same size um, and differ by the different the district's jacket colours and the number on them. Um, the book states that feasts always result in fatalities, showing that maybe one death, which was clove in this situation, is rare, and they're usually more. But, like, considering how many tributes there is left, one is mm. quite a large amount. So there's yeah. only six tributes left at this point. So that's, like, over 10%. I don't. I can't do math, I'm really sorry. But it's over 10%. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> um, so there is mm-hmm. usually a bag for each tribute, um, even if they're in alliance. Um, however, District 12, there was only one bag, presumably because Katniss didn't actually need anything. Yeah, Katniss was totally fine. Like, she, if there hadn't been able to have two tributes to win, like, she would have been just totally chilling, like, did not need to go at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so would you go to the feast, do you think? Um... I think it depends. Like, if if it's a situation like the 74th games where they're offering what each tribute needs, I would probably try to go or come up with a plan, um, but I would probably pull a fox face. Like, hide in the cornucopia overnight and take my bag and run so I don't make myself a target. Like, I'm just, I just want what I need and I'm getting out. Like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. If it's a regular... I, yeah. I have no idea it's how a regular, fox face maybe got not. in there, though. Like, surely... Right? Like, surely people were watching the cornucopia from, like, quite, like, probably from the point of which the... I'm wondering if she was, like, already really close by, because she's so smart. Like, I'm wondering if she was already close by, assuming there was going to be a feast soon. And then, like, Like, just ran in and was like, you know what, I got this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah, she's very stealthy, and honestly, I think, yeah, she's, she's smart, and... Maybe Cato and Clove were probably staking out. Like, they thought that nobody would be there, so... And I don't think Thresh would just go out and kill someone. No, I think Thresh only kills... He's kind of like Katniss in the fact that he only kills if he has to kill, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like he would kill necessarily like that. Like, poor girl. She does eventually meet her demise. Yeah. Spoiler alert there. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> How do we think that the games would have changed if the rule of two victors did not happen or if the two pairs of two victors didn't team up? 
I don't think the feast would have been like offering what each tribute needs. I think it would have just been a regular feast because it was. Possibly, I, I think. Yeah. I think the only reason they did it was for Peta, <laughs> like because the capital was really <laughs> rooting for him and Katniss. Like, I think if they had like let him die, like it would have just been really bad, like on them. And so they were like, we'll just play into this and like. In the movie, it just totally fixes him, and he's totally fine. Like, in the book, he's still not great, but, like, he's alive. Like, he's okay, but he's not yeah. doing well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I, you. <laughs> yeah I agree. There's no way he would have made Which, it if if they hadn't done that. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. 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 Because I think alliances are pretty much done for the yeah. game if the rule hadn't been announced. Also, now, like, I know y'all... If, sorry. Go on, Lacey. Oh, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, you I go was going to say, if if the rule of the, like, the two victors rule hadn't happened, ultimately, Katniss wouldn't have gone. She didn't need anything. Peter wouldn't have been able to get there. So only um, Cato, Clove, Thresh, and Foxface would be going to the feast. So it would kind of be mm. pointless to have the feast. Mm. Considering yeah. that two... A third of your tributes wouldn't be there, so you could do that, Matt. Yeah, I know why. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I I know the answer. Would you guys go for Peta? Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. I would only go if he was my district partner. If if the rule was announced, I would only go if it was he was my partner. Oh well, yeah, but like, I, I'm not gonna go if, if I if I even survive that long. Win. But if if I'm Katniss in the situation, absolutely, like no hesitation. Yeah, yeah. Peter deserves it. Peter yeah, is yeah. a gem. He is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. That's a whole other. Episode. Um. <laughs> it is. It is. And I I'm just gonna be there, and they're gonna talk, and I'm just gonna be there. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna like cut us off after like five hours and be like, guys. And like, okay, everybody, guys. time to calm down. It's like we're okay. <laughs> Peter does not yeah. exist. <laughs> so why do we think that Katniss actually goes for Peter? Because she like up to this point, she seems to sort of be sort of to- indifferent towards him. Like she doesn't really want to like actively kill him, but like if he dies, that's sort of a thing that happens. So I I don't know what what do you guys I, think? I don't think it's just a show for the capital. I think part of it maybe. But I think, you know, like, she actually has a point where she talks about how it dawns on her that Peter's dying. And she, like, even though she might not, like, romantically, like, love him, it, like, the thought of him dying and leaving her alone again is really scary for her. Yeah. And she knows she doesn't want that to happen. Like, so, and those are just, like, her thoughts. That's not for the capital because they can't read her mind. I mean, maybe, but, like, I doubt it. Like, it was for her and for Peter, like... But also for the capital, like, yeah. But I, I think ultimately I, her her motivation for it was to save him. Yeah, I also think that it's also one of those things. She knows it's the right thing to do, especially since she's got everybody in District Twelve watching. Mm-hmm. So she yeah. doesn't want to disappoint them. Yeah. So, yeah. 
But I think I think that prior to the games, we've seen in the book that they do develop some sort of relationship, even if they're not like. I don't think that she's in love with him by any stretch of the imagination at this point. Yeah, but I do think that she's friends with him and she cares for him. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, and they've had those mm-hmm. they've had those moments of genuine connection, and she doesn't want to be alone again too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that it. I think that that's probably the reason why, and also the. As Lucy says, you don't want to disappoint your district at home, especially if you're like yeah. so close to going home to them, and then they're like, "Why did you let Peter die?" Yeah. So, <laughs> so Katniss received some a parachute with a little bit of medicine inside. Uh, she thought it was for Peta, but then she realized it's a sleep syrup, and then uh, she can go to sleep. It's a fo- sleep syrup is a form of medicine used in Panam. As its name suggests, it works as an anesthetic, sedating patients so that their injuries can be more attended to. It usually has a sweet and relatively cheap, or it has a sweet taste and it's kind of cheap, but it's also addictive, which we see with the morphlings in Catching Fire. Um, and it's similar to like real life medications. It also helps with sleepless nights. Yeah, so it's when miners like, can't rest. So as it says, similar to real life medica- like well, pain medications. But I basically take this tablet because I went through quite a, a long period of where I just did not sleep, um, and mm-hmm. I got given this sleep tablet. And honestly, if I don't take it, I don't sleep. But if I do take it, take it, like it, it's an hour, and I can't resist it. Like I need yeah. to go to sleep after that hour. Like that is yeah. I that's take it. melatonin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I take melatonin to go to sleep. Yeah. When I, um, sometimes if I work an overnight shift on occasion and I have to get some sleep, I usually take melatonin to help me. So Katniss actually ends up disguising the syrup with berries and gives them to Peta. This scene cracks me up. I don't know what it is about it, but it's so funny. She literally, like, she disguises it in the berries, and she, like, she just drugs poor little Peta, who's, like, totally helpless. Like, he can't do anything about it, and honestly, I, I just don't know why it's so funny to me, but it just cracks me up how she literally <laughs> drugs him to go save his life, because if she doesn't, he's gonna try to follow her. I honestly think the funniest thing about this scene is the fact, is when Peter realizes, like, what he's yes. just taken, and he's like, wait, wait, well, what did you do to me? <laughs> And she comes back literally almost a day later, and he is just still conked out. Like, Bless he is him. just passed out. It, like, makes like, you wonder how much of that stuff he actually needed. And, like, how yeah. much she gave him. Yeah, because yeah, she oh, she was like, goodness. this is enough to knock Peter out for a full day. And then that's when, like, the realization hits her. And she's like, oh, I could knock Peter out for a full day. <laughs> and then I was, like, I was like, it's just the funniest thing to me. Like, it's just so oh funny gosh. to me. And I... Gosh, I wish it was in the movie. Because in the movie, he just goes to sleep. And yeah. she's like, screw it, I'm going. Yeah. And But it was so <laughs> oh. funny in the book how she literally just knocks him out for two days. I can just, like, imagine his reaction as well. It's just, like, eyes just, like, widening. And it's like, wait, wait, wait. I've just eaten something. I recognize this taste. Oh, I know what I've done. Oops. Bye, Katniss. See you later. Poor Peter. <laughs> so... Anyway, I think that is everything, unless either of you two have anything to add. I think that's it. Yeah, so um, you can join in the discussion over on our Facebook page, which is the Funger Games podcast. We'll 
possibly link this in the description. Probably not. We never um, do, though. We never do. <laughs> we also have an Instagram page, which is the Funger Games podcast. Um, you can see all the behind the scenes and keep up to date with any news about the podcast. Uh, we also have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash Funger Games. Um, there's currently only about two tiers on there. Um, but if anyone would like to go and support us that'd be amazing and also go and leave us a review on apple Podcasts so that other people can find yes. out about our Yay. podcast yeah yeah so, yes. and hand over to katie because she's got a super awesome instagram page which honestly i freak out about on a daily basis <laughs> yes well, yeah so i i actually host the uh the instagram page um at hungergames.confessions um which we'll put up. that in we will actually put that in the yeah. bio <laughs> so then yeah. you can, you can yes check um out. Um, I, I like accept Hunger Games confessions like via DMs and I post them on my feed. Um, yeah, huge page and I did not expect that to happen when I started running it. So super fun time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, that's where you can find me. It's honestly great. So I'm not surprised that it's it's an absolutely amazing. It is. It, it, it like, is so much Some fun. of the things that you get, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I've never <laughs> thought of this before. And like, we'll make a uh, whole right? episode about it. Now that we, we're all best we will. friends, we'll make, we will. A, we'll make an episode about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Katie, thank you thanks so me. much this for coming so on. Yes, thank you so much this for joining is... us. It's been great. Oh, yes. We, Liv and I again. were freaking out. Liv and I were being like major fangirls. <laughs> oh no! What? It was so great. Honestly, no, we were like, uh, yeah. I was I'm telling, I was telling Lacey about your page like weeks before we like spoke to you initially, and I was like, oh my goodness, I've seen this page on Instagram, and we, I follow her, and like, she's just amazing, and like, she's just got some amazing Aww. stuff, and then <laughs> Lacey was like, and I was like. Oh my goodness, she's she wants she wants to come on the podcast. And Lacey was like, she needs to come on the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. You guys are so sweet. This is so fun. I definitely want to do this again. No, no. <laughs> I've had so much fun. Like, you're more than welcome yeah. to join yes. us anytime that you want. Absolutely. I will come back anytime. Yes. I am a huge yes. nerd, that- and this is the only time I get to like fangirl about the Hunger Games or you know, talking to other people. Yes. So Right, I'll definitely do it again. Yeah, so I think that's everything. So may the odds be ever in your favor. Bye. 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 Bye.